Hi, and welcome to Are You Done Yet? The podcast about your work and project management challenges. I'm Mike Taylor with Innovative E, and as always, I have with me Brian Quick. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Hey, Brian. You want to take us away with some uh, some discussion points today? Well, you've had a busy week this week, Mike. Um, you were at VSM DevCon. Yeah, yeah. I actually uh, had a session at the v- VS Value Stream Management DevCon conference. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. It's kind of a, a new event for us. We hadn't been to that one before, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, and the way that came about was uh, we did a press release with Tasktop and one of the founders and managers of um, SD Times, Software Development Times, who puts on the, the event, reached out to me and said, hey, I see you're in Value Stream. Would you be interested in speaking at the conference? So I was like, yeah, absolutely. It's kind of a, like you said, kind of a new area for us. So it was it was real fun. Yeah, I mean, value stream management, I can't say I knew much about it until this year. Um, it's kind of an emerging area and concept. Um, people are generating more awareness about it. Um, why is that part of the innovative e-journey? Yeah, so it's actually a, kind of a really a evolution of the innovative e-journey that we're working through with our customers. We've done, and if anyone has a chance to watch it, um, it's on our website and um, you could watch it's only 19 minutes long. Uh, the the challenge that we've seen for years has been integration and customers will come to us and they'll say, well, we've got a project management solution like Project Project Online and we have uh, another piece of work management that needs to be integrated. Maybe it's an ITSM servicing like ServiceNow where you need to get the tickets in the system or you've got something like a um, ADO or JIRA that you're actually managing some of the software development work, but you still need those things, uh, you know, kind of put together from a um, information management perspective. Mm. So the way we've addressed those in the past has been more point-to-point solutions. Sometimes customers will build their own or we'll help them build the integration points. What we found, and, and the reason we're getting more into the value stream is customers are coming to us uh, with initially saying, look, we need not just maybe one point um, integration or two point integrations, but we need three or four point integrations. Uh, three point integrations we're seeing quite a bit, right? Mm-hmm. So on the first discussions, it's no longer, well, we want to get this this thing in place first. Maybe they already have a project management solution. They already have project online or something. And now they're saying we need to do, uh, we need to integrate ADO and ServiceNow. So it's a multi-point solution. So we kind of got pulled into looking at this more holistically about a year, year and a half ago, we said, we need to have a better solution for this. So do we want to kind of build one for our customers or do we want to go and try to find a, you know, kind of a top tier provider or, or industry leader? So That's when we did an analysis. We had our architects and consultants go out and start looking at whether the, the best products on the market and we, we settled on TaskTop. So right. that's how we kind of got into it from more of an organic integration perspective. But then as you start looking at it, you start seeing some of the opportunities to take it to the next level, which is the value stream analysis and the value stream management. So what does that really mean to be like value stream management? What is that, how do you define that? Really, I, I, I think the, the concept is, is and, and like you, I'm, I'm fairly new to it. So yeah. we're, we're really getting, just getting into the value stream component of it. It all started kind of organically with integration stuff, but you start to look at when you integrate multiple pieces and more specifically kind of in the software development paradigm. So there's a, a huge percentage of, of work that goes on within organizations around software development and trying to optimize the outcomes of, of the development. Um, and so over the years, you've had different practices that have grown up. You've had your traditional kind of waterfall. Now there's, there's the agile and scrum 
kind of initiatives that are really taking off and you've got safe and these other uh, methodologies that people are using. But I think what, where value stream really starts to come in is you have to start looking at, at putting these integration points together to make it work, to make these methodologies play correctly um, with an enterprise and solve the different problems you have. I mean, a, a, an agile solves great set of problems around, you know, maybe velocity and, and certain things that are components around, um, you know, getting your, your storyboards and getting user stories and, and features out faster. Um, but it's not the whole picture. So where I think value stream comes in is where you start looking at, you've got different components of the, you maybe have a service ticket that comes in and, and then all the way through, uh, it makes it through the system, goes over to a, another system where it's actually being managed and then ultimately results in something. Now, when you start looking at these integration points and you can start to say, um, manage things like flow velocity or defects or efficiency, these different pieces turn into more actionable um, ways to address whole organization business problems, right? Right. So I think that's where the value stream really comes in, is looking at ways to address it from an organizational perspective rather than each of these endpoint tools areas. And that's because executives are wanting to gain insight into what's going on across tool sets yep. um, on some on a solution to a problem or a product or or the uh, the evolution of a product. And the customers are also trying to get the internal customers or external, I guess they could be, but trying to get insight into I want my thing done. Right. Uh, whether it's I want, you know, an enhancement or there's a problem I'm having and I go to IT and I say, I want this resolved. Well, mm -hmm. IT may initially create a ticket for that in, mm -hmm. in their service management system. Mm -hmm. And they may log it as a, a call or a defect or something that they need to take care of. Right. And then that may get transferred over to the uh, development depart department to take a look at including it in a future release, right? right? Go into a backlog and a sprint somewhere mm -hmm. um, on, a, on an agile team, or it may go into a project mm -hmm. as a component of a project. Yep. Um, and then they would traditionally or typically close out the initial ticket and then include it in some backlog or talk about the requirements, include it in some project and eventually get it done. Or maybe it had to do with the fact that something needed to be upgraded mm -hmm. um, to provide it to the customer. So now there's a dependency relationship. The customer doesn't care that it's in this system now and this person has it and then they're going to do something and give it to that person and eventually they're going to get their thing. Right. Each department that's dealing with it has their own uh, metrics and KPIs like how, when did I get it and how quickly did I turn it around? Mm -hmm. But the, the customer doesn't care about all that stuff. They just want their thing done. So that's what value stream management is trying to provide. It's trying to provide insight into what happens to that request throughout its life cycle. When does it get done? And how much did it cost to do that whole thing? How much time did it take to do the whole thing? from start to finish, not just the project when you started the project. And so executives want to understand that information too, because they can't walk the hall and like look at sticky notes on whiteboards and try to figure all this stuff out. Right. right? And they have to, they have their folks that they're trying to 
um, make sure that are, are up to speed, like the people that they're beholden to, like the stakeholders and the customers and so forth and so on. So they need insight into all this. Isn't uh, visibility and insight like a huge part of this? Yeah, absolutely. And one of the other speakers, I've watched several of the other sessions, um, hit exactly the point you're talking about and really trying to take and back up that intake piece and say, where, at what point did an idea or a, um, a concept become something that we knew we wanted to do? And right. when, when did this thing, oftentimes it's a feature, actually get to the customer's hands instead of when did it get into the development queue? So that right. exact, yeah. that, that exact yeah. scenario Right. When you start to open it up and look at it across, like ITS Anatole may have been a ticket, like you said, and then it was a feature that was deployed. You start looking across that whole piece, then you you get a much better picture of what the, you know, because development could say, yeah, it only took us two weeks to put that in. And say, yeah, but it's been sitting in a queue over here for six months, right? So it, it, yeah. the, the time, the value to market is much, is much, is, is a bigger picture within the enterprise. So you look at that. I think another piece of it is, um, within an enterprise, there's multiple, and this is what's kind of eye-opening as we got more into the value stream piece. It's something that having been involved with software development forever, and I know you've managed software development teams and everything else, you know that features are only one component of things you have to deal with, right? As a development team, you have um, defects, and mm -hmm. the defects usually come from some form of quality or quality control area. Um, you know, maybe there's improvements you could be made there, or it could be made there. There's also things like technical debt, right? Exactly. So yeah. Um, technical debt builds up over time. Mm -hmm. Things like defects and technical debt can actually affect the flow of feature sets that are getting out. Oh, yeah, sure. Because, you know, if you ignore those things for a while, quality goes down, defects go up, our technical debt goes up, and then you start spending a lot more time on that. Then your your that, that right. you know, flow, that value flow of getting things out decreases because you're spending more time on that. One of the things Value Stream does is it allows you to look at start looking at all of those pieces across the entire p across the entire life cycle and by doing so if you see the technical debt's going up you might be able to get ahead of it a little bit and say hey before this becomes a a blocker and we have so much of this to do that you know our it's you know our our value creation from features is going to fall off the cliff let's start addressing this now so we can balance right. it out a little bit and then we continue to provide consistent value to the enterprise and right. that's 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 a really interesting thing when you start looking at it at a higher level. Well, increasing the visibility of those things that you need to do in order to reduce technical debt and and basically take an approach that you're sharing more information with your customers because it's in their best interest as well. And we, a lot of times I think in the past there's been such a buildup of things that customers want to do from an want to get from an IT department. And it's always in a rush. It's always in a hurry because that those things sat for so long and and they fester, mm -hmm. right? And like I've seen, you know, huge lists of things to do that need to be prioritized and things like that. And then what happens is when there's a project backlog, we've seen at organizations people try to chunk things up and put it through the smaller intake process just to get things done. Right. All that sort of doubles down on the technical debt because you're always just in time. You're always trying to put um, some duct tape on something to get somebody something, which just builds the technical debt up. You never really get to the things that you need to get to in order to make sure that the system is stable, that it's supportable, that it's well-documented. <laughs> right. Because they're always just trying to get things out of the door. 
and that that ultimately leads to you know now your dev team starting to swim in that technical debt or the those defect mm -hmm. quicksand right so and yeah and the, the amount of effort that's going towards the new feature sets starts to diminish and so the value to the organization kind of starts to fall so we've seen that before uh, on several occasions so so our encounter with uh value stream management was kind of un untraditional i guess um that's not the right word it's it was sort of um born out of necessity mm -hmm. so, so we didn't take a top-down approach we didn't read up on value stream management and say oh this is okay. That, that Innovative B wants to get into. This is this is the future. Although it certainly seems that way now, um, we we got into it from a more tactical discussion with our customers. Like you were Absolutely. saying, that it's almost like there were these certain points in in the problem. These certain um, it's almost like an Eli Goldratt sort of concept where you know you have where is the where is the inventory backing up, and that's mm -hmm. where Omar is right. So. Yeah. It was certain departments, usually an IT department, saying, okay, I have tickets, I have people working over here in the service management system, I have projects going on over here, and I have developers in their dev tool, and I need them to work together because uh, ultimately um, I only track time in one of the three of them. <laughs> That's usually something that comes up. Right. Or I don't want people to have to manually input things in different systems. Um, the project managers don't know what's going on on the dev teams, and it's not rolling up to the reporting. Right. These are the problems that we're hearing. They're like the whispers, and 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 uh, they become screams. And yep. we're we're saying, okay, so we can take a look at your problem. We can connect one to the other. We know we can do that. There's various ways that we can do that. Right. And. And Matt Freilich, our, our VP of PPM and BI, who was on the call before, on the, the podcast before, explained. So we're taking, taking a look at this and we we decided not to build something ourselves as a tool mm -hmm. to integrate these systems, nor do we really advocate usually for custom dev in these situations. No, not for not for integration tools and there's there's right and i actually cover that in the in the speech that i did in the session that i did um one of the things that we've seen not just around value stream but again you're right i mean we, we kind of came at this from an organic approach and we could probably talk all day around the challenges of having different tool owners trying to work together yeah um, and the benefit you get from vsm we'll come back to that in a minute but from an organic perspective yeah we came at it from we needed to help have an integration um, between multiple tools and right. what we've seen we've done it ourselves in cases where we've been asked to, to integrate pieces and build point-to-point -point solutions and we've seen customers do it the problem you have that that that, that raises is and these are ongoing tools right so you have a service now you have a jury you have an ADO, you have a microsoft project you have you know all these different tools all of them almost all of them now are cloud-based um, tools and they're they're going through cicd continuous integration continuous deployment or development, whatever people want to call it. But that means that each of these endpoint tools are constantly being upgraded by the vendors. Um, right. And then your processes are constantly, um, not constantly, but are sometimes adjusted at, at the endpoints within the organization. So if, if you go out and build your own and you're not consistently testing all these endpoints and the, and the, and the, the whole flow, um, you're bound to run into an issue that you won't see coming up. Right. Providers like TaskTop have um, their integration hub running 24/7, being monitored every hour 
they're running hundreds and hundreds or thousands of tests all the time against the endpoints. Right. So it, it's truly a you know buy versus build decision when you look at it. We've we've seen customers write their own integration packages and spend literally hundreds of thousands of dollars, and then spend multiple times of that over the years right. just supporting it because it's it's a very you know it they don't have the efficiency of having done it multiple times they don't know all the endpoints they're not dedicated to doing it they're not running continuous testing so um it really is a you know we kind of shy away from the term best practice but it really is a best practice when you want integration to buy the integration um you know from the experts from the people who do right. it yeah and, and we're not even the experts in integration, Mike. I mean, it. So we we went to Tasktop, and we said we could build something, but we but we took a look at really the market, and um, there were point solutions that we considered that only integrated like Project Online and Azure DevOps, mm -hmm. or only ServiceNow and Project Online and Azure DevOps. <laughs> right. So those are out there, um, and great. You know, if you just want. Um, to go from one to the other, they might work for you. But what we took was a more holistic approach to this. And that's how we got exposed to the VSM concept. There are 60 plus connectors in the desktop ecosystem. And, and so we're having great discussions with customers about, okay, you know, it may come out of a need from one department that says, I don't want to dual entry my timesheets. But then it becomes a larger discussion, which which has its own challenges, um, doesn't it, by the way, because really we got into one department that had one problem on something. And now we're basically selling a larger concept or having right. to discuss a larger concept. And it's often challenging uh, to do that, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So the. Well, first of all, how many times to, to your point about the, um, you know, the ability to have all the different connectors and, and the light bulbs coming on with customers? How many times we've we been in <laughs> conversations and we're talking about maybe it's a service now to the project integration and, and you put up the slide that shows all those 60s integrations and somebody goes, oh, you can do Jira and you can do ADO and you, yes. we, have, we have those things, right? So right. it starts, light bulbs start to go off, but backing up to the, the individual tool owner and perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, there's there's definitely challenges because those folks are seeing it from very tactical level. So right. we've had a lot of discussions. <clears throat> Just take like the ITSM or the maybe ServiceNow to project type right. discussion. When you people will say, well, I don't want to do duplicate entries. I, I've got my managers over here that are taking certain a subset of these ITSM these these tickets and putting them into project. Now they're having to maintain the data in two places. That's a problem. And, and it's a tangible problem and it, it's measurable if you only look at it from that perspective. But then they start saying, well, if I got to buy a tool and pay for the implementation and these things, it's not worth it for a couple hours a week. We're paying these people anyway, so let's just keep doing what we're doing. <laughs> the problem, the piece right. they're missing there is that it's, the problem is probably bigger than what they really are, are letting on. Um, and, they ha and you have to look at it from a, what are you getting out of the systems? Mm -hmm. Often, oftentimes when this happens, what, hap what people do is they do the very minimum of data entry. So you're not getting all the data managed. So your fidelity of data isn't as good. And at the end of the day, we've talked about this a lot, a work management system of any kind, whether it's a project, traditional project management system or it's a dev system, you know, doing agile, Kanban, whatever, scrum, save, it doesn't matter. These systems, other than like the code management piece, which actually is part of the work, 
the rest of it is not the work itself. It's a digital representation of the work. Oh, this so, is a fun concept. I love this. Yeah. So people, oftentimes we hear people say, well, you know, doing project or doing and maintaining my, my data in Jira or whatever, that's not my job. My job is to write code, right? Right. Um, so it's, it's what, whatever you can do to minimize that, that effort. So going back to the, the um, integration scenario for ITSM, so you've got a, a, a subset of tickets that are going into project. If you minimize the effort through an integration, you're going to get more of that data in there. And by having more of that data in there, a higher fidelity of data, then the stuff that you're trying to manage, and you're doing it without any real effort because right. it's happening, you're not having you, you eliminate that duplicate effort. So more data is going to flow. Um, you're going to have better data, and thus mm -hmm. better better decisions can be made off of the information that results from that data. Right, and better data means that it increases the the proximity of that data to the work that it actually represents. Right, it starts to become more, and and the endpoint you may never get there, but what you always want to try to do with work management, we, we see it work in project management solutions, is drive the effort for the overhead, that digital representation, drive it towards zero. So yeah. that it becomes, that proximity becomes smaller and smaller. So when you're, you, what you're what you have in your system is actually much closer to the actual work that's going right. on. And that that gives you, if you think about it, it's time, yeah, well, it's, it's it's super liberating. It it, it reduces friction and it, and it increases the value of the systems tremendously. Right. Um, right. We talk about you know fidelity of just go to a project type scenario where you've got people that are sitting in meetings all day with their customers or you know dev teams or whatever, and the next day or the day after they have to go update. Their, right. their project plans or, or whatever. Um, if there's ways to get that data in more automatically and faster, then that information is there sooner. And so the whole reason to have these systems is to be able to allow better work management between different components, which you can't manage very effectively without it, but also to see issues that need correction as soon as possible. So with higher fidelity of data and better proximity to what's really going on in the digital representation of the work to what's going on with the work, mm -hmm. then you have the information sooner and you can make a decision sooner if you see something going off track. Right, so this is our philosophy and that's why it fits in quite nicely with our vision to provide work management freedom. Absolutely. Because, because the more, the closer you, the actual work that's happening is to the digital representation of that work. The freer the folks that are working on all that stuff are from having to do something to represent it. Right. Like, Absolutely. From having to fill out a time card, from having to tell someone how how much work they've done on something. Are you done yet? Are you done yet? To go to a meeting to explain it to just let them work and let them work in the tools that they want to work in. Yep. And let the technology, the tool itself, the integration tool like TaskTop, the BI visualization tool like Power BI that basically allows the executives insights into all these different systems and what's going on in the value stream. Let that do the work and mm -hmm. you just do what you do best. Right. Stay where you like to stay. So. We didn't, I mean, we have been um, on a huge journey with this in the PPM world where, you know, PPM in its basically at its core is about representing work. It's about creating data to represent work. 
and in doing so, working better as a result because you can gain better insight. I mean, even the concept of schedule management and critical path management, those are representations of work and our ability to gain insight into what's going on and use good tools to gain insight into what's going on and see the data, be able to react and plan according to the data is what PPM is really all about in terms of schedule management and the tools that we use to do that. But in order to do that, to get that in the past, we've, we've forced people into tools that they're not comfortable with. We've um, basically created situations where we're constantly bothering people on like a dev team or an engineering team to give us updates so that our representation of the work can be accurate. Yep. And, and this liberates that them from having to do that, this concept. And the closer Absolutely. we can get to this, the more efficient we'll all be, the better our data will all be, and the less onerous some of these um, management tools become. Right, and then you mentioned earlier, um, there's for a long, long time, there's been this friction between business and IT, especially dev on when you can deliver yeah. stuff. It always seems to be, it's too late. So the more you can do this, the more you can provide this visibility end to end, like we talked about, and 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 have the data flow more automatically, the the better the um, the relationship actually becomes between your your development or your your delivery teams and and your management, and the trust starts to build up, and then at the end of the day, it it actually improves the quality of life for people, right? They're, you're not going into every day going. I got to give something to IT. They never can get anything done. It's going to be right. on a backlog forever. And, and to a certain extent, there is this this concept of product to project, which we're embracing as well. There's always going to be a need for project management and PPM, like you said. Mm -hmm. But the more you can kind of um, inculcate this concept of being able to move things into um, a work stream product faster yeah. and productize it. Uh, mm -hmm. The the easier it is to to manage across the board across these different um, silos of work and make them work better together, which is the other piece that when you come at it from a tactical approach, it's hard hard to get people to see. But once they start seeing the holistic view of it and it does bring value higher up, then then the lights start coming on, and right. that's where the value stream piece really starts coming in. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah, and that's the fun part. So. Absolutely. I, I don't know how many times I've completed a project or we were done and then I knew I just knew at the end of that project that all the work that we've done and the momentum that we built on working on that project was about to stop. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and it didn't feel right. Right. You know, because we, there was either, you know, a, maybe it was a portion of the website we were working on or some new product that was really exciting. And then I knew it was coming to an end because it had to. There were other things that we had to do. Um, but it was almost a shame, you know, yeah. because and that's what I think project to product gives you is a continuation of of the core team, um, of the funding, of how to um, continuously evolve something. Um, to find value for the organization or for the customers. So you know, it's an exciting concept. Absolutely. Uh, so Mike, a segment that we regularly do on Are You Done Yet is the customer corner. And uh, what we do here is we share um, different conversations without mentioning any names uh, about what's going on um, in the customer. So 
Um, conversations that we have with with various customers that we're working with that we're doing things for and maybe other people can relate to them and, and find some um, overlap. So obviously a lot of the momentum and excitement is around Microsoft Teams. Oh, absolutely. And it has been for the past year, two years, um, but really in the past year. And originally kind of a year ago when um, everything kind of started slowing down and uh, we were all working from home, we had talked on our first episode of Are You Done Yet about how people who had tools like Teams um, before the pandemic occurred were in a better place to deal with the pandemic. But yeah. not only Teams, but also project tools and, and uh, other tools and tooling in place because they're now all remote. They can't, um, they don't have proximity to one another physically. Right. Um, the data is still, I mean, nothing really changed for those people. And hardly anything really changed for us, except for, you know, the way that we visit customers and stuff like that. Um, but one of the things that's really been evolving in that space is specifically bringing project management into Teams. Mm -hmm. And we've been working with a lot of customers on this. And, and in fact, um, a large university um, we've been working with had a journey that they shared with us about, hey, you know, they had implemented um, projects online and they were trying to standardize on that. And I, and I think it had a certain amount of um, buy-in and, and folks were excited about it, but, but it really wasn't like uh, growing to the point where they wanted it to. So I think we, we helped them kind of change that conversation and turn it around a little bit and say, okay, you're, you're adopting teams at a very high rate. Mm -hmm. uh, it's where people are working, it's where they're collaborating and it's where they want to be. So similar to the concept we just talked about, about, you know, work management freedom, let people use the tools the way they want. Right. Rather than force them into something where they're going to another system or another URL or another bookmark on a browser to do the project work, let's just do it inside of Teams. Mm -hmm. Let's bring the project tools into Teams. Right. And so what we've done is we've come up with a way to pull Project for the Web, um, which is the new project tool from Microsoft into Teams. There's a native um, way to do that inside of a channel in a tab. And all, but also that that really wasn't enough. It, it, it stopped short of what they need because they need, you know, issue risk management. They need a regular intake process. Um, they need all those things that PPM gives them, but they want to do it inside Teams. So we built an app. Right. This is how we're going to be working more and more from now on is we're taking a look at what customers need and we're using the Microsoft tool set, Power Apps, Power Automate, Project for the Web, Power BI, and we're going to be gluing together these solutions, these PPM solutions inside of Teams. We've, our app, um, you know, which um, provides project and work management inside of Teams is a way to provide governance and automation around the provisioning of channels inside teams for project management purposes. Right. Um, so talk a little bit more about how that um, that's going for for this customer. Yeah, for, for that customer, as you mentioned, it's one of the nation's largest um, online universities and um, you know they have tens or hundreds of thousands of, of students. They um, they have you know very work management and project management challenges, as you mentioned, and we're seeing it across other customers, too. So when you start thinking about the team's experience, uh, it's a great way to start putting everything, your workday, into one area 
And right. a lot of people are embracing that. And as you said, it's really been accelerating. So if you think about the folks, how many folks have been in um, you know, Microsoft Cloud and but now they're like, well, we've got these tools, we need to use them. So and and we have to use because of the the forced virtualization and things that are going on for collaboration and everything else. So people are really starting to embrace the Teams experience mm -hmm. as being the experience. One step beyond that though, you mentioned it's not good enough just to have another app within team, another right. channel or a left rail thing that you can right. click on because then that's taking you to another experience. Right. We have a lot of customers who've played around with, you know, these third party non-Microsoft kind of things when they can click on it and it takes them out. But now your data and everything is in a different, it's in a different cloud, it's in a different right. vendor. So there is no integration like we were talking about earlier and there is no unified experience. It's a completely different experience for your for your mm -hmm. customers, for your for your internal business users. So what we're, our concept here is to, like you said, to embrace this idea of the governance, but the governance is just the first step. The next piece right. is within something like a project for the web or a project online, uh, and we can do this with, with multiple types of organization or um, applications, is to is to be able to surface the information. You can go work within that that tool, which is fine. Like you said, you can have a channel and go work in it. But you might want to surface the information more broadly. So maybe all your issues or all your risks right. or other project metadata can be can be surfaced by a project manager or a portfolio manager. So mm -hmm. say you're my manager and I'm working on 10 projects and I've got 10 peers and they're working on 10 projects all in project for the web. You can go in and potentially look at all the issues across those without having to go ask me to launch right. my 10 and bring them up and the next person, the next person. So you've got a hundred issues or risk there that you can manage all in one grid. And right. that is empowering. You wouldn't believe when, when we show this to customers, they just go, I mean, the light bulb goes off <laughs> um, and they go, I got to have that, right? Um, because right. It, it talk about work management freedom, you no longer have to go and open each and every one of these things, or you don't have to go hunt around for it. Mm -hmm. You could surface it, in, and and people have been doing this for a long time. You can surface this stuff in a, in a dashboard, but you can't edit it in the dashboard. Right. You can't maintain it. So you could go, as the, as the portfolio manager, you could go pull up this report and say, I see all these issues or risk in here and I need these six or 10 change. Now you got to go to each of your, your project managers and have them go make those changes. You could potentially do it all within this one grid or you right. could have them do it within the grid of all the things that they own. So it, it really makes this this integration of data um, more ubiquitous and right. um, and easier to use. And even further to that, one of the things that we're, we're incorporating into it is things like within chat you can automatically log an issue or a risk. Right. Um, or, or potentially other project metadata. So we could be talking about something that's a risk um, and then you say, you know what, we, we need to log that. So let's go ahead and do that. On, and on the ellipse, you just click on it and then you and say, what do you want to log an issue of risk? You do it and you do it right there and it's done. This again, we were talking earlier about fidelity of data. The easier you, we make it to, to put information or data into the system like that, rather than stopping the meeting and going and doing it, which would never happen, right? We would end up saying, oh, we'll make a note of that somewhere and go back and do it. And half the time you're going to forget because you got sent, you know, six more meetings and you're not going to get around to opening that project till the next day. And right. you're like, well, what's that I'm supposed to do? <laughs> if you do it right then, get it done, then then the data's there. And and you, you almost eliminated the effort to go log it. You didn't have to yeah. go fight on the project and do all this other stuff. So you have better data fidelity. Um, so when you do open that grid to see all that information, you have much better fidelity of data that's there. Again, right. leading to more work management freedom, easier to use, mm -hmm. and better results. So, so, so Mike, uh, how about like a little lightning round here? So, okay, top five, top five reasons why 
using project management in Teams is better than using Excel? Oh, I'll thanks. give you the first. <laughs> you can take the first one. Number one, and and my opinion would be that all the information is centralized. So the the collaboration aspects of it is just it's all in one place instead of, yeah, you could share share an Excel spreadsheet to multiple people, <laughs> but then then you'd say, wait, did you change column C? No, I changed column D. No, so one place, a single source of truth. This is the okay, first. single source of truth, consolidating the data in one place. All right, okay, your turn. Number two, <laughs> collaboration. Right, so you're collaborating with your team. You don't have to share an Excel spreadsheet, post it somewhere, email it to somebody. God forbid. Um, you're you're able to actually have co-authoring on a project schedule in Project for the Web, and it was easy to make. So you didn't have to use a tool that you're unfamiliar with, or that's too much tool for you, or is complex. Project for the Web, super easy. So that's number two, collaboration. Love it. Number uh, three. Number three. Well, I think it goes back a little bit to number one and, and ties in with number two, um, where you've got all the information in the central area. So it would really be um, working together. You talked about like co-authoring and things like that. So um, a lot of people think of collaboration as being, well, we're, we're, we're all in the same chat thread or we're all in the same team site or whatever, but it really is, you can, you can work on the same artifacts and you can work on the same information together real time. So um, okay. we, do, we do that all the time, right? I mean, right. you'll post out a document and say, and you'll tag me with that, that and and so that tags me, and, and I know then I get an alert that says I need to go do something with that. I can go right there and make that information or make that change right there. So it's even, a, to me, it's a deeper level of collaboration. Okay, number four. Wait, am I getting the camera? Number four. Number four. <laughs> scheduling engine. So team, or Excel does not have a scheduling engine. So whether you're using project for the web or you want to pull in MS Project through Project Online and work in Teams, your projects are going to have predictable end dates. Even if they're small projects, you can't have a predictable end date inside of Excel. Right. Simple. Yeah. Scheduling yeah. engine. Scheduling how are you engine. going to tell what, what task depends on another and how that leads to something downstream, be able to identify the critical path to get the schedule done on time? You'd have to have some pretty cool functions and features in Excel and some of you have probably built them out, but let's not do that. Let's just use the scheduling engine tool that Microsoft provides. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> My turn for number five. Number five. Reporting. So now okay. you have all the data in one place, and 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 it's you know when you're using Teams and, and these other apps like uh, Project for the Web, like you talked about, that it's going into the dataverse, and so now you can mine this data and you can use things like Power BI or other reporting tools, but. It's, we usually use Power BI because of the Microsoft um, component of it, but you can visualize this information ubiquitously and it's consistent because it's it, because it is a single source of information because it's been collaborated on in one place and not all over the place and in spreadsheets and emails and everything else. The the, the uh, information is easier to report on and it's much more robust and, and, and accurate. You can edit it centrally, like yeah. I think it touches on the first one you said. You can edit that information centrally. One big list of issues one big list of risks project attributes mm -hmm. that's that's yeah. the power app that we built around it as right. well so there there's there's many more reasons we could come up with i'm sure we could go to 10 mike but i think we're going to stop there at five maybe we'll continue next time yeah next time sounds good <laughs> okay that'll conclude our episode of are you done yet the podcast where we address your work and project management challenges on behalf of mike taylor the ceo of innovative e i'm brian quick Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Mm -hmm.